0: Later on this episode...
1: Like as you get older in life, like you start to almost second guess stuff because you know the dangers associated with it, or you know that you could fail. And I think that like constantly reminding yourself to still kind of tap into that younger version of yourself of like, let's just still go for it. Like don't have that fear of failure. Don't have that fear of this might not work or, you know, I can't go after this client. Like he's too big of a client. Like a lot of people think that way.
0: This is At The Podium with Manuela Mesqua, a podcast featuring interviews with top performers in sports, business, and entertainment to uncover the stories, lessons, and disciplines of the top 1%. Ladies and gentlemen. And now here's your host, CEO and entrepreneur, Manuela Mesqua. Gang, I am so excited to be here uh, with a now longtime friend. Uh, Janelle is much younger than me, but a now very, very longtime friend from our previous life in Chicago. Janelle is somebody that Samantha and I have just grown to really care about and adore. She's a very, very special human. There's so many dimensions to Janelle Miller that I want to discuss today. So I'm going to introduce you to her now. She's an athlete She is in athlete marketing and management, and today she's the vice president for independent sports and entertainment, and she heads up marketing and talent for them. Janelle, tell our listeners and viewers, what does that exactly mean? to be the vice president at independent sports and entertainment.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am so thrilled to be here and thank you for the wonderful introduction. Of course. Um, So basically I handle athlete, professional athlete marketing and management. So across the MLB, NFL, NBA, I handle everything off of the field. So helping them build their brand, um, helping them with their platform, like telling their own story instead of the media, telling the story for them, helping give them a little bit more of a voice, some athletes have no problem with that at all. They already have a voice of their own and others. I have to like poke and pry and be like, Hey, like, let's pull it out a little bit more. Like, this is who you are. Show who you are off of the field as well. Um, so I just help build their brand for them and handle basically everything for some of them.
0: And, and, and I'm, I'm going to go a little off topic here for a second, but um, well, not off topic, but I'm going to pivot from what I would normally do next. Building their brand, I mean, their brand really is everything, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, mean, for
0: someone like a professional athlete.
1: Especially nowadays, right? Like, I feel like it started in the Jordan era where, like, he literally took on this persona of his own. And before that, athletes kind of just were looked at as, like, they play for the team. And no one really, like, knew who they were as a person or what they did off the court or off the field. And, I mean, now, I mean, look at the way athletes are as they're into politics and, you know, standing up for what they believe in. And they have a true voice in the community. And so many kids and even adults look up to them. So now they can actually use that voice, hopefully for, you know, the betterment of humanity. Um, so I'm helping them with with that, um, helping them with their foundations and charities, and then building their brand in a sense of connecting them with brands um, that are authentic and organic to them. So it's not just kind of throwing their face on a commercial or on TV. It's really like having them work with these brands is a true partnership. So I try to generate some revenue for them off of the field as well and hopefully get like generational wealth that way.
0: That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Thank you. I'd like to go back to what we would normally do. And I wanted to give credit to a new friend of mine, Lauren LaGrasso. She recently was generous enough to take a quick call with me. She is a, an expert of all experts in the podcast and communication field. And she recently suggested to me that I explained to our viewers and listeners why I asked the same three to four questions at the front end of introducing one of our guests. So Lauren LaGrasso, first of all, kudos to you. Kudos to you. Uh, second of all, though, I decided in thinking about that, I decided to adjust the question. So. I want to touch on a couple questions. I have three of them for you. And and the purpose of these is to help our listeners and viewers get to meet you in a deeper version of who you are within the first two minutes, okay? Perfect. So first question, growing up as a child here in the great state of Michigan, Detroit area, which you did, who was your favorite childhood superhero and why?
1: well, I don't know if he's really a superhero, but I thought he was. Pavel Datsuk of the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I was obsessed. Um, I thought he was a superhero. I have a he cat. Is. My cat is 15 years old. His name is Pavel Datsuk. Um, That was my superhero. I never really was into like, I know you love Batman, I mean, but I was so never cute. really into like comics or superheroes. I was huge into sports always. So hockey was my thing growing up. I will age myself, but in the 90s <laughs> with the Red Wings, just like winning a bunch of Stanley Cups, Pavel Datsuk was it for me.
0: And, and I love that you said that. When Samantha and I were moving to the Detroit area in 2017, we, well, Samantha, God bless her, viewed a ton of houses and she took me to a few of them and two of them were owned by previous Red Wings. And that was like how they opened up. Uh, oh yeah. Welcome me into the home. Well, so that you know, this home was owed by, owned by so-and-so. They they were like superstars
1: (laughs) around here like they were our superheroes like unfortunately the lions were not great the tigers were good for a period of time but uh pistons or the red wings like were it in the 90s here in michigan so that was my superhero
0: Love it. Okay, second question. So when you're dealing with any type of difficult moment, adversity, maybe a little bit of sadness or being bummed out, right? Mm -hmm. There's wins, losses and lessons in life. There's a recent loss. Who's the musician or what type of music do you turn to for that?
1: Good question. I'm a fan of all different types of music. I think when I'm sad, sometimes I even like to get in my feelings more and I'll turn to like, I don't know, like mellow, sad music. There's really not one musician though. I like country music, I like rap and hip hop. I Love like that. like jazz, like yeah. Kenny G. I like the <laughs> Eagles. I'm trying. I like so many different genres. so I can't even answer that. There's not one. There's not one thing. Sorry, sometimes I want to like get more sad. Sure. and like cry. No, have that's a good, good cry. Or sometimes I want to like put on some like rap and like turn it up all the way, windows down and just like drive. Depends awesome. on the day. I'm good with all that. <laughs> I'm good
0: with all that. So last question. Right now, the wor- the world's a funky place, right? It's kind of yeah. unpredictable in all aspects of it. Right now, who is someone that's the most inspiring to you, whether they're in business, politics, or sports? Mm. And why? Mm-mm-mm. Someone that's just inspiring.
1: I might have to edit this part because I don't know. I have to think about this for a second. Um, Honestly the first thing that came to my mind Was my mother She's not in business politics or sports She just retired But she's so inspiring Because she's always so positive And she always tries to see the best in people Even when a lot of bad stuff is going on in the world Um, She'll pray for them And she'll try to see the best in them And that's extremely inspiring There's not many people in this world Like my mom Truthfully, And I'm not just saying that because she's my mom. Love you, mom. But it's the truth. I mean, she's an inspiration to me. And, you know, I feel like you can look at people in sports or or business or politics, but you don't really know them. I've learned that with working with the athletes. And that's why I try to, like, bring their personality out more because you see what they do on the field. And a lot of people do look up to them. But at the end of the day, like how much do you really know these people that you're kind of looking up to? And with my mom, like I know her inside and out and I know that at her core, she's the best human being that I've ever met. So she's my inspiration.
0: Easily easily one of the best responses recently. That's awesome. <laughs> That's <And> the truth. <laughs> full name, shout out.
1: Sharice uh, Miller, my mom, Char- I love you.
0: Sharice Miller. Yes. I love it. Yes. Well, Sharice, you have an incredible daughter. Let's get into the career a little bit. Awesome. So I was so excited when Jill mentioned that you were willing to come on to have a conversation. There's so much going on in your personal life. Yeah. Getting married <laughs> in less than 10 days of my boy Jonathan. Yeah. Welcoming your first son, Jackson. Congratulations. Thank Just you. such an incredible story. So beautiful to see it happen. Thank you. You are in like one of the most cutthroat. <laughs> professions <laughs> absolutely that I've ever been aware of or even close to now right and serving professional athletes mm-hmm. um, I'm so excited for you I just keep seeing you from the outside looking in stacking wins on top of wins on top of wins in what I believed and I still think is somewhat true is a pretty male dominated boys club type environment
1: Yeah. (laughs) Why,
0: (laughs) why marketing and sports entertainment and maybe share a little bit about the path of the journey that navigated you there?
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. It kind of all intertwines, actually. So I just love sports. I grew up, like I told you, Pavel Datsuk, hero. Um, And I just wanted to work in sports. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I went to Central Michigan University and they happened. Yeah, they happened to have a sports major. And I'm like, cool, sign me up. (laughs) I played soccer there. I was like, awesome, sign me up don't know what this means but sounds cool and then slowly like we started getting into like marketing classes and business classes and marketing really intrigues me because i also love psychology so i actually double majored in psychology and sports and marketing and psychology actually kind of like combines and like comes together it's very overlapping um so I just got more interested in that. And I thought the only avenue of working in sports was working for a team. I didn't really know anything else. Like I had seen like Jerry Maguire, but <laughs> I didn't even know if that was like a real job. I saw Entourage. I thought that looked cool, but I didn't know like if that existed, like in Michigan at the time. Um, so i just applied for a bunch of different sports teams my first thought was hockey like i was obsessed with hockey and i actually got an internship with the chicago blackhawks which was like a huge rival with the red wings and my dad was like oh my gosh like you can't go work there like as a joke kind of but like also kind of serious and um so i went down on an unpaid six-month internship with like no money In Chicago, living in a very expensive city. uh, And it was unpaid at the time. Sports had a bunch of unpaid internships because they knew that everyone wanted to come work there. So they were just like, oh, we don't have to pay people. And it wasn't just the Blackhawks. It's just like the industry in general um, is very low paying in the beginning. (laughs) So I started there. And with a turn of events, ownership changed. And they brought on um, a president from the Chicago Cubs who was like, hailed as this marketing genius his name's john mcdonough he started like all the cubs conventions that the mlb ended up following were in the off season they'd bring the players back to the city and like all the fans would get to meet them and get autographs that was kind of john's like brain like marketing brainchild um so he came on as the president of the blackhawks and i his first day, I was an intern. I didn't know who he was. And I was like, can I help you? I think I was working the front desk. I was like, can I get you a pen, a pencil? Like, he didn't know what he was doing, that he was just, he just was like thrown into the fire. Yeah, And he's like, you're the only one who's helping me. Sure, come on into my office. And from there, the rest is history. (laughs) He hired me as his assistant at like 20 years old. I wasn't even out of college yet. I was still taking online classes. I was supposed to go back to Central Michigan and finish school. And then he offered me a full-time position as his assistant. So it was kind of like fell into my lap. Um, And then I just started working under him and he was really a great mentor to me at the time. Extremely tough, (laughs) but also very thankful for that. Um, And his marketing background is what started intriguing me even more into the marketing side of things. So I worked for the team for I don't know, six, seven years. And in doing that, I got to go to a few of the NHL drafts. And there I started meeting the agents. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. being an agent seems like interesting. Like they don't mm-hmm. have to wear suit and ties mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. in the office. Mm-hmm. And they get to like go out to dinners and like do all this, what I considered at the time, like fun stuff. <laughs> like, psh- <laughs> Sign me up. That's what I want to do. Yeah. And because uh, that's more of my style. I like dressing up when need to. But I also like I'm pretty casual every day. And sure. like being around these guys that they're in sweatpants all the time. So yeah. if I showed up in like a dress and heels. They'd be like, what are you doing? Like, dress. what? Like, who are you? Why yes. are you dressed like this in front of me? Yeah. <laughs> um. Just with what I do with them. So. I ended up thankfully getting a position, um, at a very, very large agency, um, market. It's a marketing only agency. It was actually based off of entourage. So I worked for William Morris entertainment, WME. So I was there for about seven years. Um, entourage was based off of the owner there, Ari, Ari Emanuel, Ari gold and art and entourage is Ari Emanuel. So he was the one who owned the company. Um, and that's really what, like, just started my trajectory of this is really what I want to do now. Like, I want to be an agent, um, specifically a marketing agent. At the time, I didn't even realize that a contract agent was open to me. I thought you had to be a lawyer. Um, Learned a little bit later that you don't have to. But that's really what started like, okay, getting the ball rolling. This is what I want to do. And kind of moved up from there. Started working with some top athletes and realizing that Hey, I love this, yeah. and I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. So, what
0: do you? What do you? Uh, from your experience, um, not not the not the organization representing the athlete, but the athlete himself or herself. From your experience, what are the two or the three of the things that they value the most in a relationship with you or someone like you?
1: Trust. Right off the bat. Um, I think that this industry, unfortunately, like a lot of athletes get taken advantage of by friends, Mm -hmm. sometimes family, um, Mm -hmm. people that they're close to. You know, once you start making that kind of money, uh, people come out of the woodworks and Mm -hmm. I think promise you the world and, and... lie or just outright lie to you you know um so i definitely think that trust is probably the biggest thing trust honor like honesty integrity um and in this industry there's a there's some sliminess i guess going on just to be real like some agents are viewed as just like slimy and they'll say whatever they can to get you to be a client and then they don't you know they don't actually go through with it um I wanted to be a different agent. I wanted to stand out. I mean, I wanted to have morals and values mm-hmm. and do things the right way. So mm-hmm. I might not have, you know, a hundred clients, but I want to have a handful of great ones that are like family to me. My mm-hmm. clients were all invited to my wedding. I mean, mm-hmm. they are family. Mm-hmm. Um, that was important to me and important mm-hmm. to me in picking this the decision on, you know, what company I work for, also who I represent mm-hmm. I want clients that have you know are on the same wavelength as i am Mm -hmm. um as far as you know i guess integrity and morals and values and all the guys i've worked with throughout my entire career have all been so so great such great human beings and it's awesome to see them you know come up from getting drafted to like Now they're in their sixth year, seventh year, and seeing their personal relationships build, seeing their wins on the field, off the field. It's really exciting. That's probably the favorite, like my favorite part of my job is almost like watching these guys grow and helping to, you know, helping be there by their side as they're growing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, the folks that you've worked on behalf of, it's not like it's this confidential client list, right? I mean, yeah. it's a very public relationship. People see you with the athletes everywhere, whether it's on the field before or after a game or, or the court uh, or in public settings, like you mentioned, like conventions or signing opportunities. Yeah. What, what are a few of the aspects of that relationship that maybe you've enjoyed the most? And are there one or two men or women who really kind of stand out where you're just like, you know what? This, like, I just was blown away at the, like, the human oh. that this person is. And I know the list is long. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I, but I want <laughs> to paint a
0: picture for the people listening and watching um, as to just the fact that it's almost like giving them an inside peek. As to what it's really like to be friends and have a meaningful relationship with folks that people feel like are, are superheroes, right? And they're not yeah. they're, they're humans just like us. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they and that's the thing is like they need they need someone they can trust. They need not only, you know, a friend, a mentor, someone to help them grow their business, but they need to be able to trust that person that they're doing business with, you know, same with like their financial advisor you know they need someone to trust um and that is you know that's my job i think first and foremost like second it would be to bring them additional revenue absolutely but i mean i think my first job is to is to be that trustworthy person for them to help guide them through this process um of just you know finding brands to work with and like i said even on the management side doing everything from you know helping them find a house and mm-hmm. um you know planning trips i mean there's the list goes on and on but the first one of the first clients is um Terry Bradshaw hall of fame quarterback I remember, yeah. he's amazing and not only him his family yeah. his wife Tammy is such a is such a beautiful soul too um I, he became like I don't know Like a grandfather to me I feel like like we were just so close And I don't know why There's not one thing I can pinpoint sure. on why It's just His generosity His Humbleness His sense of humor um, They're just real people And You know it's I don't know. He just became family to me. I don't yes. know. If that's a great, yeah. <laughs> great answer with that. I think another one that comes mind is Roquan Smith of the Chicago Bears. He has been one that has just continued to impress me. Bear down. Um, I've been with him for about a year now. And again, not only him, his family, um, they give back to the community so much. Yeah. He is such a good, good guy. Um, good heart, good head on his shoulders. Like, honestly continues to just impress me just by his willingness um, to give back to not only his community, Chicago um, kids he just he's such a giving human being and I'm so honored to to be able to represent him. Um, and then a third client would be JD Martinez of the Boston Red Sox. Huh. Uh, he and I have been together for yeah. about ten years almost. and that's one where, you know, I've seen him really like grow through the years. Um, he has such an amazing story. He basically got cut from the worst team in baseball and like focused on his swing. Like he is one of the hardest working. I mean, all my guys I represent are obviously very hard, like, hard workers, but yes. JD is just laser focused. And he really, really, really works hard at perfecting his craft, watches video constantly. and. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time and still, he's still doing that. Um, And just watching that focus and that dedication and that hard work and, you know, the things that he gives up, you know, during the season in the off season to really like hone in on his craft. It's just, it's an inspiration, honestly. Um, It makes me want to work harder for him because he's working so hard. And then also watching him grow personally, since we've known each other for so long, um, it's been fun and developing, you know, a really, really good relationship with him. I took my son Jackson down to spring training and JD got him a little JD Martinez Jersey and we call him uncle Jay and Jackson wants to go see uncle Jay. And like, that's, that's really cool stuff.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I was, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking about, um, I mean, really, uh, for as early on as you are in your career, I mean, to your point earlier in the conversation, I mean, you've been in nothing but sports yeah. and entertainment in the marketing, sports, and entertainment business since you were in college, since you were yeah. Chippewa. Today, I think you're the only female executive at independent sports and entertainment. Is that right? There,
1: there, we, we have two others as of now. Okay. Yep. There's a few. Yeah. Now there is, There's which is super exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you think? Uh, what are a few of the, cultural values or characteristics that attracted you to make that move? Because we were, I mean, we were speaking consistently as you were considering the move, then you made the move, and then we were together after you made the move and spoke about it again. But share with our listeners and viewers, what were some of the things that attracted you to ISE?
1: That's a great question. And one that I like immediately know the answer to the CEO of our baseball side. His name is Mark Pieper. I have known him in the industry for probably 15 years. I actually reached out to him. I believe it was via LinkedIn. Um, now I'm trying to No, actually, Curtis Granderson. who used to be a tiger. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, he and I were friends here and Curtis was with Mark as um, or I think he was working with Mark or he knew Mark. I don't know. He passed on Mark's sure. number. I was like 20. This was a while ago. <laughs> and Mark actually was like one of the only people who answered my call about like, can I sit down for like an informational coffee? Right. Which I sent out probably honestly hundreds of these emails, texts, yes. phone calls, hardly I don't think anyone really got it's back like to cold me.
0: calling right yes yeah yes. it's been a hot topic in my conversations recently no but one go got ahead.
1: back to me yeah. Mark picked up the phone and he actually like went out to a coffee or lunch with me and that's how we met and then we've just stayed in touch over the years and just for no you know like real like benefits either of us. It was just like, hey, let's just keep talking. Like we're both in the industry, and maybe we can help each other out. And we would grab lunch maybe once every few years. I mean, um, and he's just a really really good guy. And then hearing in the industry, uh, it's a very very small industry. So yes. you hear the way people move. Yes. You hear certain agents and certain agencies. Maybe like I personally would want to stay away from for one reason or another. Maybe doing stuff like not so above board or mark every single human that like I talked to in the industry that knows him has had nothing but amazing things to say. And he has such a reputation of just everything is like when he promises something, he delivers. He really cares about his clients and he does everything above board and it. Mark just has a great reputation. And then just from my, you know, personal relationship with him over the past 15 years, Mark is the one that I'm like, okay, if Mark is running this company, I know it'll be ran in my opinion, like in a, like correctly. Like, like I know like that's someone I would love to work for. Um, and we just kind of started having these conversations and they do a lot of recruiting high school and baseball. It starts in high school. um, and he's on our baseball side. Um, they don't do much professional recruiting. And that's all I did at WME sure. was really like recruiting these guys um, when they're already pros. Yeah. Some guys we got out of college, but a lot of these guys were already pros. So it kind of just seemed to have a fit of like, hey, this is a new position that we could, you know, see you adding some value to and started working it out that way. But I found myself... At my former agency, which I loved, um, but it was huge. We worked with the best of the best clients. I mean, they have Tom Brady and Serena Williams and Matthew Stafford, um, and I loved it. But I also found myself kind of like, I felt like we were promising some things that we started not being able to deliver on. So, like, I would be talking to these guys saying, you know, you'll have this, like, very hands-on like white glove boutique service almost, but I was finding myself getting pulled in different directions of like, hey, I really wanna help this guy, but oh, this bigger name needs the help. So now all it shifts over here. And I didn't love that because I I felt like I wasn't being honest, like with the clients that I was promising this stuff to. So working for a more boutique agency for me fit better. at the time, because I could go out and recruit my own clients at this point and really deliver on what I was promising. And that was very important to me. Again, going back to the honesty and integrity and trust, like I wanted to make sure I delivered on that.
0: It's, I, uh, you know, I always find it interesting when I'm having conversations with uh, people, whether they're in sports or business or they're executives on behalf of companies, you know, the the themes that consistently come up are, you know, basic lessons and values that our parents taught us. Right. <laughs> right, And it's like, oh my gosh, that's like the greatest idea. Let me not lie. <laughs>
1: right, like you know, we just... learned this in like kindergarten.
0: <laughs> I mean, so it's like whether you're a professional athlete or you're, uh, you're an educator or you're in janitorial services or you're a hardworking police officer, like we're looking for people in our lives to do what they say they will do.
1: Like be a good have human. Have integrity
0: and like take great care of us in whatever capacity that relationship yes, exists, yes. right? I, I've heard you and I wrote it down. I've heard you directly and indirectly speak about the power of just doing what you say you will do. <laughs> yeah. Just honor your commitments. If you say you will do it, do it. Yes. Looking back at your life, Who is a great example of that in your personal life? Like, to where that just was like, it's just a no-brainer. It's a non-negotiable of who Janelle Miller will be someday, because I learned that from this person.
1: Probably my parents. Yeah. I mean... You know, my my dad, too. I mean, our family, that's just how our entire family unit was. I'm very, very close. I think that like family is everything to me. So that extends to cousins, aunts and uncles, grandparents. I was very fortunate to have a very close knit family all within like the same area in Michigan. And I think I just really learned it from them. Um, And then going into like a little bit deeper of like professionally, I'd really have to say John McDonough was a big, um, again, like mentor and someone that really taught me to. He used to (laughs) he wrote it on a post-it note. I remember like rolling my eyes when he gave it to me at the time because I was 20 and uh, it said, own it. And I still have that post now note. He probably doesn't know that. Well, yeah. maybe if he's watching this, he would. Yeah. But it says, own it. And it was basically like, this is kind of off topic, but it was like, take your job and own it. Like, do the best you can do at the role that you're given and own it. Like, own every aspect of that job. Like, like crush it. Um, and I don't know, it really spoke to me. So, that's someone in my career that was like a big, like, I think like life altering. Like I'm really, really glad that I was able to work under him because he taught me a lot professionally at a very I would consider young age. You know, at, at 20 years old, I wasn't even 21 at the time.
0: Let, let's let's unpack that a little bit more though, because I'm hearing you say uh, Mr. McDonough taught you a lot, mm-hmm. right? And you used a good example of just you know he's he's basically suggesting what Jacko willing tells all of us, which is have extreme ownership in your life, right? Mm. And, but was he teaching you or was he simply living, behaving, acting the way he should have as someone who took serious responsibility and extreme ownership over his position and in you observing him and paying attention, you learned, was he really saying, Hey, Hey, Every day, let me teach you these lessons. Or were you learning because of who you are and you were observing one of the best there is in the business?
1: That's a great question. I think a little bit of both. Um Say He more. did really sit down and. Uh, and teach me, like I said, like even like his little like notes, he would leave or he'd Love be like, it. do it this way or do it that yeah. way. And here's the thing with John like, to kind of backtrack. He's ex- he's difficult to work for I think it's like pretty like known in the industry like he's difficult to work for
0: I've heard he has standards and expectations yes and that that should be okay though right yes like I because I hear people say oh gosh (laughs) you know he's a jerk or she's you know whatever he's not a jerk no no right but people will say things in that fashion I'm like whoa bro that's just somebody with cl- clear vision
1: clear a super high focus clear i mean john that is one thing that like going back to your question and the second part of that is he was also living this i mean yeah john knew what he how he wanted to run the business um he was very clear on his expectations um <laughs> he, i don't want to get myself in trouble with some of this he was uh he was difficult sometimes but again looking back like i'm very glad that i was thrown yes. into the fire because yes. i was yes and i was almost so naive like i didn't know who john mcdonough was at the time so i was like oh okay like great yeah and i i'm actually kind of glad i was going into it naive um because I had like no fear with working for him or no fear. I think that's actually one of the things that has gotten me to where I am today is just having no fear, just going for it. You know, I think that sometimes like as you get older, like I think about like A skydiving example Like when I was 16 I was like Let's go skydiving It's like You're so naive To like What could happen To you in life Right (laughs) So it's like Let's sneak out Of the house Or like Let's like You know And then now Looking back on it I'm like Oh my god That's so dangerous Like, Like I don't know Like maybe You shouldn't do that It's like As you get older In life Like you start To almost second guess Stuff because You know The dangers Associated with it Or you know That you could fail Right And when you're so young Like you kind of Don't even think About failure you're just like okay let's just go for it and I think that like constantly reminding yourself to still kind of tap into that younger version of yourself of like let's just still go for it like don't have that fear of failure don't have that fear of this might not work or you know I can't go after this client like he's too big of a client like a lot of people think that way and it's just constantly tapping to that like inner self of like, okay, what would I have done at 20? Because I would have absolutely walked through that door and talked to whoever. I mean, I had dinner with Michael Jordan and talked to him for four hours. I sat next to President Obama and at a state dinner and next to him. Well, actually, I sat next to the now President Joe Biden, whether or not whatever side of the end of politics you're on, like, that's still something that would intimidate a lot of people to sit next to, yes. you know, the president and have a four hour conversation with them. And that's just something that I'm like, OK, when I was younger, I had no fear doing this. So how am I going to act today?
0: Well, and we've had we've had this conversation a number of times on this show with people like John Horford or Paul Davis or Benny Fowler or Israel Donaje, that we're all born with an opportunity to win. When we're young, everyone, you know, we fall Trying to stand up and learn how to walk 1 billion times as a baby, right? Jackson's going through it right now, your baby boy. And and here we are as mom and dad. You could do it, buddy, 1 billion times. And we don't get exhausted of encouraging them. Right. Then they're 10 years old. They tell you they're going to be Batman or a middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears or the president of the United States. And we're like, you can do it, buddy or sweetie. Mm -hmm. And then you're 20. And then all of a sudden your parents are like so what the hell are you gonna do for the rest of your life (laughs) like do you have a plan here because you can't move back home if you move back home you're gonna pay rent (laughs) like you know and and i'm like wait what happened to the unflinching obsession with my success in helping me to be a dreamer Mm -hmm. right and somehow somewhere along the way the society reconditions yes. us to think, yes, don't take risks, you know, make assumptions that are limited, start be, begin to become pessimistic. Mm-hmm. And I just had this conversation yesterday in, in one of our uh weekly director huddles at the firm. I mean, the war is won in the mind
1: mm-hmm. first, absolutely, that's the
0: first battle. Yeah, do I believe? i can do this yeah you've consistently done that
1: well i think kind of going back to what you were saying with like when we were little like i used to have dreams of i remember people would tell me like you're living in la la land (laughs) literally and i was like no i'm gonna move to a big city and i'm gonna like work with a bunch of athletes and celebrities and i have no clue how i'm gonna get there and i think there is something to having like an intentional like path set out and you know mini goals to get your big goal but I also think there is something to be said about like just having a goal and like trying to figure it out as you go along too because I used to have such big goals and I wasn't so concerned about the little goals of how to get there it was just like that's my goal and I'm gonna do it Yes. It's just going to happen. I'm just going to do it. That's I truly believed that. And now sometimes I get in my own head and I'm like, OK, that's my goal. But now it's like the logical part of like, OK, well, how do I get there? And that's so important. But also sometimes like I just need to erase that and be mm-hmm. like, no, wait, hold. that's my goal. So like, let's just figure it out. Like, maybe I don't know all the steps of how to get there. Like I didn't, you know, I know I wanted to work in sports, but I didn't know what to do. What's, and now I'm here.
0: What's the goal that you're more, most obsessed about right now?
1: <sighs> That's a good one. I want to be the best mom I can be while also being like a top, not only female in my field. Like, I want to be the one of the top in my field. Like, I, I want to be going against all, you know, all the big boys yeah. and be going up against the same clients and... Get some instead of my former boss getting some. <laughs> like that's the truth. Like- you,
0: you and I kind of teased about the the new reality of not only just being a high performing female executive in the worlds of sports and marketing, mm-hmm. but being a mother. Yeah. And, you know, we're still in this like funky world of pandemic, no pandemic, now recession, no recession. You know, there's a lot of virtual reality still that we're, we're leveraging Zoom or Teams to have conversations with significant people that we're doing business with. What are what are one or two of the things that you've observed or learned recently that you're like? Really? <laughs> this is still the case?
1: Um well definitely after having my son Jackson, you know, we try to have help at home. Like we, my mom helps. We have a sitter that comes over. I'm currently working from home because I'm also on the road, constantly traveling. Sure. Um. So, you know, if this, the sitter calls in sick, um, which happens and Jonathan's out and I'm at home with Jackson and I'm on calls and, you know, Jackson's either in the background or, you know, maybe he's crying or he's fussy or like I'm feeding him a bottle or something. And I feel like it's kind of like, Ugh, like i get like a little bit of like annoyance or frustration not for my clients by the way my clients have been amazing they know um, you yeah they have been awesome yeah um but from like i don't know maybe some brands i talk to it's like you know i'm like oh i'm sorry i find myself apologizing like oh i'm sorry like you know jackson's crying yeah. and i'm like wait why am i apologizing about this like this is my life like i'm actually a badass because i'm just working with a child, a nine month old right now and doing a million dollar deal and doing 10 things on the side. So like, why am I apologizing about this? But like, if Jonathan's on the phone and Jackson's like crying and he's on the phone with his clients, a lot of people are like, oh, because like he's like the dad. <laughs> but it's like, but uh, I'm on the phone and it's almost like people look at me like, ooh, how is she going to be able to manage this? Like, I feel like that's kind of what I get from some people It's like. Like, now that she has a kid, like, is she still gonna be able to be, like, you know, this boss, like, VP? Like, well, yeah, like, yes. Like, yeah. right? And it's like, Jonathan gets like, oh, like, that's so sweet. Like, you're not babysitting, you're watching your child. Like, you know, like, I mean, Jonathan doesn't feel that way, but these other people on right. the other end of the line. I'm like, how come I'm not getting that? Like, I'm almost getting, like, annoyance and frustration. <laughs> so that's been a big thing that I'm like, what? Or, like, how are you gonna. How are you going to juggle all of this? I hate getting that question because I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm going to like if you have an answer, like, please let me know. Like, it's almost like, mm, are you going to be able to do this? It's like, yeah, I'm going to figure it out because I yes. want to be an amazing mom and I want to be an amazing career woman. If that changes and I feel like working within the home or doing something else, then that changes. But at this stage in my life. This is what i want to do so this is how it's gonna go and if i have to bring jackson to games he's coming to games he's you know he'll be on the field he'll be helping me recruit like right why can't he be there too it's a family business right like we're talking about like i'm so close with my client's family they're close with mine like well here's a baby now. So let's go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I love that you said that. And and it just reinforces, right, there's no surprise uh, why you and Samantha have a special relationship. She and I always discuss and I often fumble my vocabulary (laughs) when we're speaking about Ava and Atlas's needs. As just a prime (laughs) example this morning, I said, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to help. She's like, uh, you're the father. <laughs> right? That's not a help.
1: Yeah. Like, I love Samantha. Why don't oh you gosh. be a dad?
0: I'm like, great point. Let me back. Let me rewind that let VHS tape. Yeah.
1: Say it differently. Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
0: I can't wait to spend time with them and be able to be there with them and take them, you know, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I love the fact that you said that. I also like the fact that you referenced uh, that right now. You're this really high-powered, high-profile executive in sports and marketing, but maybe someday you choose to pivot and work from within the home. It's so cool that you use that language because I can't stand on behalf of my spouse and women like you who are dear friends of mine when people say, oh, you stay home.
1: Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, Samantha started teaching me that like that using that language. And I use it all the time because it is work. <laughs> That's oh why my I'm goodness. saying when I'm apologizing, when I'm on the phone, I'm like, I literally feel like after childbirth and now, you know, ha- raising a nine month old, like I really do feel like Superwoman. Like you should I feel like I'm more of, you know, a badass boss Sorry, <laughs> then I, I, I was before, because like, wait, I'm doing all of this traveling. I'm handling all of these things and I'm still raising a child like psh, that's that's real work.
0: Agreed. <laughs> so so I was also thinking about I mean, I you know, one, thank you for sharing that personal story, because I think that's that's a great uh perspective and insight for other men or women who are the spouse considering being with the child on a more consistent basis to raise your family to raise that child that deserves everything right that deserves to be a dreamer Mm -hmm. and encouraged you know unflinchingly by a parent or both parents I appreciate that story. I was also thinking about when I was considering, you know, what are the things that I really want to unpack with you on a deeper level for our listeners and viewers was you've helped. As I look back at some of the relationships you've had, you've, you've helped a lot of young aspiring professional athletes find their way and make really great personal decisions Mm -hmm. to respect and build the significance of their brands. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of student athlete listeners, especially here, I think, in the state of Michigan and Chicago and general Midwest. Um, What's something you'd want to share with a young, aspiring male or female professional athlete as to these are a couple of things you should be really mindful of and thinking about to set yourself up and your brand up as one that these major brands would like to align with someday in the future.
1: Yeah. I mean, the first first thing that comes to mind is like just being true to yourself. Like don't put on a persona because I feel like people see through that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being real, like if your heart really does lie within like charity and your foundation work, then like, let me help you bring that out. Um, But if you're not really there right now, and you're more focused on like what you're going to do, like your rookie year on the field, like that's okay, too. Um, But it's like getting your personality out there a little bit more brands really look right now to align with people that Again, I keep using the words authentic and organic and I hate buzzwords, but that's the truth. They want to align with players um, and athletes, even student athletes now, um, that have... You know their own personality about them they have to perform on the field but they also want to see that they're a good person off of the field so i think it's like showing your personality and like behind the scenes a little bit more Mm -hmm. that always helps with brands and then also your fans it gives them like an inside look i mean why does everyone think reality tv is so popular right like everyone loves seeing like Who this person really is so like showcase some of your off field hobbies and you know, maybe your family you don't and not everyone wants to like Matthew Stafford never had Mm -hmm. social media, but I still think that he was able to show his personality with some of the partnerships that he had at least here in Detroit and with Ford or Blue Cross Blue Shield or St. Joe's like um, he was still able to show you know, who he was. So I'm show sm- your personality more.
0: I'm smiling because I love his new AT&T commercial. Know,
1: it's great. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so so this phone that I have had for 12 years.
1: <laughs> right. Which uh, you, so, you can still love and you, appreciate. I love it. Yeah.
0: That's so great.
1: Yeah. So show your personality more.
0: What would you, What what's maybe a quick piece of advice that you'd give to somebody To give your own self 15 years ago, when you were coming onto the scene, you're going through high school, getting into college, thinking about what Mm -hmm. you wanted to really devote your life and your professional career to, what's some Mm -hmm. advice that you'd give somebody, whether it has anything to do with sports marketing or not, um, to kind of help find your path?
1: Um, In this specific industry, I'd say stay strong.
0: Like- Tell me more about that.
1: There will be a lot of people that try to bring you down. It's very cutthroat. As you mentioned, you'll have also a lot of losses and a lot of failures and you just have to keep pushing. So like stay strong and like, just push through. Um, Because it is pretty cutthroat, especially on the agency side. Um, That's a piece of advice when you were asking me, like, what would I have told myself? It's like, just continue to stay strong and also, like, stick up for what you believe in. There were, I could go on with that. This would be a whole other podcast. (laughs) But it's like, stick up for what you believe in, even if you're the only one standing there alone. Like if this is what you truly believe, like, stay true to your, like your core values and there will be a spot for you. So there were some things that, you know, former companies that I didn't necessarily believe in or that I was just like, I, this isn't working for me anymore. yeah, And moved instead of allowing myself to kind of get sucked in to what maybe some other people were doing that I didn't think was right. That's the best way I can put it without getting into details about it.
0: Yeah, I, I I I love that you said that. I recently had an experience where I found someone to be significantly unprofessional in what was supposed to be a professional conversation. Mm. and And I addressed it. I said exactly what I thought about the moment. And I felt like everybody else was gasping for air. And I thought... Like, where are we mm-hmm. that this somehow what I've said is uncomfortable mm-hmm. about how unprofessional this person is. Mm-hmm. And what I've said is what's uncomfortable now. Mm-hmm. And I found like, wow, like how how often we're somehow losing a relationship with our most authentic self in what it means yeah. to have some standards and respect for each other.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great example. And I mean, I found myself in, there's two specific instances that it even backfired on me. And it doesn't matter, in my opinion, because I still, again, it's like that stay strong and just stay true to yourself and yeah. what you believe is right. Um, because it is a, it's a tough industry. Yeah. Um, It's also tough to be a female in this industry. It is. I hate to go back to that, but it truly is. And there are some like strong females that, you know, we have to look up to. But um, there's, there's more males. I mean, I've even had huge, huge big time agents, one in particular, that has said some pretty like wild things that I caught wind of about females in this industry. And although I respect his, what he does on the contract side, professional achievements. Yes. yes, I just was like shocked that he said this and no one would, you know, kind of like you said, if you stick up for yourself in the conversation, it's like, (gasps) you know, or because of who it is (laughs) or, you know, and it's like, at this yeah. point, I think that the world is kind of like just a crazy place. There was this I saw something somewhere about like there was a something like everyone was in an elevator, and everyone was in on it. There was like twenty people in an elevator, and everyone was in on it besides one person, and everyone at the same time turned around to face away from the door. so they were basically facing the back of the elevator, and the one guy was like and he shrugged and he turned around and faced the back just because everyone else did it, yeah. And, like, that's wild to me. Like, I don't ever want to be that guy. Yes. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to stay facing the (laughs) floor to the the elevator. Like, even when 20 people turn around. I forgot what it is. I'll have to send it to you. It was a video. And I was, like, shocked. But, like, just don't be that person. And I think that's really in any kind of professional, like, career setting. Like career like building your career is tough in any kind of career and it's just you know there's politics within the office and it's like just stay true to yourself put in your hard work dedication be a good human and you should go far
0: okay love it so we're almost out of time we're going to do something a little bit different than normal i want to do a a few rapid fire questions at you because i didn't get to them so quick first thing that comes to mind on all of these Mm -hmm. agreed
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is cold calling dead? No. Why?
1: Because I think you can still generate leads from it. I hate cold calling. I hate it. It's very tough. But Jonathan, in real estate, still gets leads from cold calling. I cold call athletes constantly. I'll grab someone's number, cold call. He doesn't know me, cold call him, still get meetings. What's
0: the most important thing you must do in the process of cold calling to increase the likelihood of some type of conversion. Just one thing.
1: Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Pass on that question. Pass. I okay. do
0: <laughs> uh, Female in sports and marketing that you look up to.
1: Oh, uh, Jill Smoller. She's at WME. She works with Serena. She's worked with, oh, gosh, she's worked with a ton of people.
0: Uh, one way, one word you would use to describe her. Love it. Most exciting brand you've worked with in the last five years that you were like, man, I just loved everything and everyone that I worked with at that brand.
1: I don't know. Dunkin' Donuts. Really? They were really easy to work with. They were fun. Yeah. And it was like, I like brands that are like quick. I love it. Did you hear that Starbucks? Dunkin' Donuts is back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, everyone was super easy. Very polite. Very. Yeah.
0: I love it. Most significant thing thing in addition to your wedding in the next 30 days that you're looking forward to?
1: Hopefully getting a new client who I have a meeting with at the end of June.
0: Awesome. (laughs) How do you like being back home in Michigan?
1: I love it. I love it because I still travel so much and Michigan, I think, is like a hidden gem that Honestly, not a lot of people like have enough respect for. It is beautiful. I love being by family. And Chicago is only a three and a half hour drive for me. So can still go back there. But Detroit's coming back.
0: What professional athlete does Jackson remind you of in his early life?
1: Right now, just really like any baseball player currently, (laughs) because you should see this kid's hair (laughs) like you put on a hat and it's like just little curls out the back. And yeah, so I don't know. Any kind of baseball player. He looks like a baseball player already. And he will be. Jaxi Rivera. Remember that name. Jaxi Rivera.
0: (laughs) Folks, you heard it. Janelle Miller, vice president of marketing and talent at Independent Sports and Entertainment. Janelle is an absolute blessing to have you here in the office. Thank you. So honored
1: to be here. So so, excited. I'm so
0: glad we did it. And we're so excited for you and Jonathan and Jackson with the wedding. Congratulations. Early congrats on that. Thank you. And really look forward to continuing to follow you and support you and be a tremendous advocate in your personal and professional life.
1: I appreciate that so much. Thank Thank you, you, Manny.